0: Welcome to the Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by Jay Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode.
1: This episode of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement focuses on handcuffs, but a very specific kind of handcuff, the golden kind. These can be used by employers to retain valuable employees, as well as lock up a tax benefit. And now here is our host of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, J. Barry Watts.
2: Well, welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, where I'm really excited today to talk to you about how to retain valuable employees with golden handcuffs, the kind that lock them into your business so they are less likely to leave. A golden handcuff strategy makes the grass green on your side of the fence so an employee doesn't waste time or energy looking for greener grass on the other side of the fence. And that reminds me, humorist Irma Bombeck once wrote a book called The Grass is Always Greener Over the Septic Tank.
1: <laughs> I right. love Irma yeah. Bombeck. She's just yeah. fantastic or was you know, fantastic. She's
2: been gone 27 years. I don't know if I you knew that.
1: I can't and, believe that.
2: And anybody who's got less gray hair than you and I do, Patrice, right. have no idea who we're talking to. You're unless, talking they're about. Very,
1: unless they're very well-read and they love humor.
2: Well, I'm not sure if you were well-read, you would have necessarily read Irma Bombeck. <laughs> I don't think that's not right up there with the great philosophers. But actually, actually, <laughs> she really was a great American yes. philosopher and, and said it so humorously. We could do a whole show on Irma Bombeckisms. I like it. And
1: especially we can start out with the septic tank and greener grass.
2: That would be so much fun. You know, Irma's er, idea was that The grass that grows is the grass that you fertilize. So if you want green grass, fertilize it. Now, I like to say that the grass you water grows the greenest. Mm -hmm. And by the way, in in our personal non-working lives, my wife and I find ourselves often coaching young married couples through our church. And one of the things that we always tell them is that the way to stay married is to fertilize and water the grass at home instead of looking over the fence at grass that's always greener on the other side.
1: Or so it seems.
2: Well, yeah, that that's the yeah. whole point is it's really green until you really jump the fence and look at it. And that wasn't really as green as you thought. It's the same way, by the way, for your employees when they are tempted by green grass on the other side of the fence. And so as a business owner, you want to fertilize and water the grass in your business. So employees are content to stay in your pasture and won't be gazing over the fence looking for other grazing opportunities. Wasn't it cool how I worked (laughs) in gazing and grazing? As a guy guy who owns a farm, that was meaningful to me, you know. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But uh, before we get into the whole idea of golden handcuffs and growing grass on your side of the fence so employees stay with you, I want to give you an anecdotal update about something that we accomplished for one of our business owner uh, tax strategy clients that was just kind of cool, saved them a ton of money, and I was excited about it and I wanted to share it with you. So Mm -hmm. we're going to put a pause there on handcuffs and talk about something else for just a moment as I tell you a story that happened to one of my clients. So we have this client who engaged our firm for a business owner's tax blueprint. That's what we call the process where we help business owners find tax strategies that will work for them. Now this particular client owned commercial real estate. So we recommended that they consider using a tax strategy called cost segregation analysis. Their real estate, by the way, was one building in which their business, which was an auto related business operated. So it's not like they had warehouses or apartment complexes. It was just one building with a few garage doors where their business operated. And so, this cost segregation analysis strategy is basically a method of speeding up your depreciation deductions so that instead of getting a small deduction every year for 39 years, the business owner gets to realize a much larger deduction and thus tax savings in the early years. Now, in this particular case, the outside expert, which is an engineering firm, had estimated that they would save about $21,000 in taxes if they would do a cost segregation analysis. And they thought that $21,000 in taxes in the first year was a good idea. So they said, let's do it. Obviously, yeah. And, and and that's when, Patrice, they did have to pay the expert an additional fee. And so sometimes you know, when we bring in an outside expert, like a lawyer or an actuary or an engineering firm or a consultant of some type, there can be an extra right. cost. And the fee this firm charged them was $2,250. So they said to themselves, "Hmm, I'm going to invest $2,250. I'm going to get a $21,000 tax savings. Sounds like a good deal. Let's do it. I'm in. Well, that's exactly what they said. They did it. And the engineering firm finished their work and completed the cost segregation analysis. And when they got done, they actually found 77% more deductions than they expected to And the total tax savings jumped to $38,550.
1: What made the difference? What made such a huge difference?
2: uh, Well, uh, first of all, uh, under-promising and over-delivering made the difference. I suspect all along the engineering firm knew there might be more there, and they didn't want to oversell the case. Mm -hmm. And that's very important. When they looked at it from a nuts and bolts perspective, instead of just a macro perspective, they found more tax savings for this client. For sitting down with us and engaging us to help find tax savings for them, The client saved $38,000 in taxes on this one (laughs) strategy alone in their first year. And their total return for every dollar they invested for this one strategy alone was over $9. Now, here's a question for you, Patrice. Be sure you get the answer right, okay? Okay. If you had a machine that you could put a dollar in and it would give you back $9, how long would you keep putting dollars in?
1: How much time do I have? I would just keep on going.
2: It amazes me. This is how it works. It's literally how it works. We've got a we have a nine dollar machine. You put in a dollar, it spits out nine dollars. Well, it amazes me how people look at it and kind of go, "eh," and kind of shrug their shoulders and just wander away. What are they thinking? I, yeah, I just don't know. And and it, I, but it excites me when people see the opportunity and grab hold of it. And it's not the majority who grab hold. It's the people who are thinking, the people who are really going to be in the top of the class and who are building businesses that are going to be state-of-the-art businesses that are going to have value over time and provide, I believe, even better for their families. Now,
1: if I could put a dollar in and get $2 back, I'd do that.
2: (laughs) Well, we're going to mention that in just a moment, in fact, (laughs) uh, because that's a part of our guarantee, actually. We guarantee that if you'll put a dollar in, you'll get at least $2 back. A 100% return on your investment is our guarantee to you because we can't guarantee that there will always be $9 for every dollar and in fact, in this client's case, there was more than $9 because there were other strategies that we brought to the table for them. But what we do guarantee when a, a client engages us for this work is that whatever fee they're charged for the work, they will get at least double that fee back in tax savings or else it's free. This was just a a fun example of a recent case where one simple strategy that we took from the tax code, from the tax code, this wasn't anything wild Mm -hmm. and crazy. It came right out of the tax code. We were able to create a really significant tax savings for a business owner client, and that was a lot of fun.
1: Before we move on, how can people reach you if they want to learn more about this?
2: Well, you just simply go to the website, savingyoutaxes.com, and there's all sorts of contact information there at savingyoutaxes.com, and that's the way you find us. If that interests you, you may or may not be able to appropriate a strategy like that client used, but you may be able to use the one that we're going to talk about today, which is golden handcuffs, the key to retaining valuable employees.
1: I keep hearing this phrase, golden handcuffs, throughout my working experience, and it's, it's intriguing. Tell me what it can entail, though.
2: Well, the, this concept of golden handcuffs... First of all, let's just use the word handcuffed. Well, that's kind of intimidating. I don't know if you've ever been handcuffed. I haven't, thankfully. But my friends who have been handcuffed tell me that it's sort of humiliating and kind of painful. We have a famous sheriff here in the Missouri Ozarks where I grew up. Uh, reminds you of Buford uh, Pusser on Walking Tall, I believe, were the characters. This sheriff's name, his first name was Buff. How do you like that? Buff. Uh, Buff lamb was the sheriff in Christian County. And by the way, Patrice, we're going to tell stories all the podcast hour and we're never going to get around to our topic, but we're having fun. <laughs> Did you know Irma Bombeck wrote a book about the grass on the septic tank? And about buff, maybe? No, she didn't write a buff lamb book, but there have been a lot of stories written because frankly... It was rather confusing about which side of the law Buff walked on most of the time. And that was probably a a fair analysis. So, So Buff Lamb was one tough, mean dude who swung his nightstick first.
1: Ask questions, questions later. later,
2: yeah. He was particularly intimidating to young people. And one of the guys that I went to high school with used to drive up to this county seat town called Ozark is the county nearby and the town where uh, this guy lived and worked. And they would drive around the town square where the courthouse was just driving circles all night long. Well, you know, it was Buff's job to keep law and order on the town square. <laughs> so Buff decides he's going to rough up these kids and get them off the town square. And my buddy kind of backtalked him a little bit. And I remember the next day when my buddy showed up at basketball practice and he held out his arms and he showed us the marks on his arms where the handcuffs had hit him. Oh, wow. So when I think about people being handcuffed, I always think about that guy I went to school with whose nickname, by the way, was Tree. Tree. Uh, Because, yep, his nickname was Tree because he was taller than all the rest of us. We got some great names. We got Tree. Yeah. Yeah, So, So Buff... Cuffed tree. Isn't this a great story? You people in New Jersey don't have anything like this. <laughs> no, no, we don't. <laughs> so we were talking about handcuffs and uh, handcuffs are intimidating, humiliating, painful, and you can't get out of them until somebody lets you out of them. Now, when we say the word golden handcuffs, we're trying to change the connotation into something that's more pleasant. The idea is, well, I might want to get away from my current employer, but I'm handcuffed to this really great benefit that I'd lose if I left. So I'm just going to stay put. Mm -hmm. And that great benefit for the employee preserves a very valuable asset for the employer, a key asset, his employee. And then all the while, it's giving the employer a tax deduction. So Uncle Sam helps the employer to pay for these golden handcuffs.
1: So the employer's getting a tax deduction and he's getting to keep a key employee.
2: That's the whole idea right there. So when I sit down with a business owner to discuss their situation, one of the questions I always ask is this, do you have any key employees who, if they left, would really hurt your business? Hmm. Now, I don't mean like, darn it, Sally left and I've got to replace her. I mean, oh my goodness, Sally left and maybe this sinks our business, or our production's really going to be down this year, or it'll take six months to replace her, if I could even find a person to replace her. I'm talking about not an employee that it kind of hurt your feelings when they left, but an employee that really hurt your business when they left. And usually, every employer's got at least one or two really key people who matter in that sort of way. So they say, yes. And so then I'll ask this question. Well, if Uncle Sam would pay part of the cost, how much would it be worth to you per year to keep that employee glued in their seat so that the pain of leaving so would be so great that they will stay with you and continue to work for your company? And they'll come up with a number, usually several thousand dollars. But what I want to happen here on the podcast today is I want the listeners to come up with that number for their key employee. If you've got a key employee in mind, it would really hurt you if they left. How much is it worth to ensure that they don't leave? Just put a dollar figure on it hold that idea in your head while I explain how this works. Now, these plans are sometimes referred to as restricted executive bonus arrangements. Restricted, that's the handcuffs part. Mm -hmm. The employee has a carrot held out for them that if they stay in their job and keep contributing, each year, a larger part of a pool of money created for them becomes theirs, and they get to control a larger part of it each year.
1: So that's kind of being Vesting into the the pool. Yes,
2: yes, yes. There is a, there is a vesting concept. I I wouldn't necessarily use that phrase in teaching about it because some people don't understand what vesting is. But that's exactly right. We set aside this money for you, Patrice. If you were my employee, and I'd say, look at this account over here. Now I'm going to put money into this account every year, and this account's going to grow, 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 grow. And every year, Patrice, you own well, you own all the account, but you can't access any of the account. Until I give you permission and I'm going to give you permission to access a little bit of it in year one, a little bit more in year two, a little bit more in year three, that sort of an approach.
1: So every year you do a little bigger happy dance.
2: That's exactly right. So, we bring the employees in and we begin to tell them that this has been set up for them. And the way that the business owner does it is he does it through a bonus. That's how you fund these plans, is through a bonus that you credit to the employee. So, but the thing is, you don't give them the money outright, you hold it in that account for them. So, when we bring those employees in and we tell them that the employer values them so much that he or she wants to set up a special account for them that will serve as a pension plan for them when they retire. This is the point where sometimes those employees actually tear up. I had a guy in the construction industry just last month say to me, these kinds of things just don't happen anymore. Yeah, pension, that's a word you don't hear. No, no. it's happening for you, my friend, because (laughs) that's how much your employer appreciates you. And see, I think employers sometimes want to appreciate their employees, but I am an employer, and frankly, we don't sometimes know how to appreciate other than write another check or write a bigger check. And and all the studies will tell you that employees appreciate so many different things besides more money. But I'll just tell you as an employer, the only thing we I really know how to do is write a check. And so when we set up a plan that says, I'm not only thinking about you now, but I'm thinking about your future. And I want to be sure that if you were to get sick and have to go into long term care, you're prepared for it. And this plan will do that. I want to be sure that if you fell over dead tomorrow, and your family didn't have you to support them for the next 30 or 40 years and your spouse on into retirement, that they have a a lump sum of money in an account that will do that for them. This plan will do that. I want to be sure that you have a pension when you retire. You're not just dependent on social security. This plan will do that.
1: That's incredible. How do you set this up?
2: Well, so we open an account for the employee. And the account is usually opened at an insurance company. Historically, pension-type plans have been administered through insurance companies. And so the employer allocates a bonus to the employee, and he deposits it into the account. And when the employer allocates that bonus to the employee, the employer gets a tax deduction. Hmm. But the bonus is actually taxable to the employee. The employee is going to have to pay some tax on that money, even though he didn't get it. So to remedy that, the employer usually does what we call grossing up the bonus, which means he gives the employee a little additional money to cover the additional tax that was created by the bonus. And that gross up is tax deductible to the employer as well. So the employer gets this tax deduction for putting money in this account. And the employee then gets an account that he watches grow each year and the benefits of the plan grow as well.
1: Who would not do this?
2: Well, most people would not do this (laughs) because they have to sit still long enough to have me explain it to them. They have to understand it. They have to grasp the concept and they have to value their employees. A lot of people do, but it's just hard to get people to sit down and listen. That's one of the reasons we do the podcast, because maybe you don't have time to sit down and listen and learn, but maybe you're driving across the country to on your work. Perhaps you're required to travel. I was in, where was I last week? Cleveland, Ohio. Last week, St. Louis, Missouri at the end of the week, in fact. The point is, sometimes you've got a lot of road hours to get where you're going, and the the podcast is a chance for you to listen and learn during those kinds of things
1: outstanding. All right, uh, now you, you you mentioned there there are other benefits to this plan though for the employee. For instance, a pension or if he dies, tell me more about that.
2: Well, so if the employee dies prematurely, this plan is what we call self-completing. And that means that the what the plan was going to grow to automatically triggers. Boom. If the employee dies, there's like a balloon feature. And suddenly the future growth that was anticipated in the plan is immediately created. And that money is then available to pay tax-free to his his or her spouse or their heirs Mm -hmm. in the form of a death benefit. If the employee got sick and needed to go into a long-term care type facility, the plan would take the proceeds, And turn them into a tax-free benefit from which he can pay for long-term health care costs.
1: That's important.
2: Oh, it's huge. for This particular plan, if the employee set up the plan today and next month he got sick, even though the plan's only been in existence 30 days, that long-term health care benefit would kick in immediately. If he got sick just 30 days from now. But what I really like about these is not the fact that it's self-completing if you die or that it provides for long term care benefits if you get sick. I like the fact that this employee, when you retire, will have a pension and Mm -hmm. that pension will start paying him several hundred thousand dollars per month. No, no, no. Rewind that. That we will start paying him several thousand dollars per month. That several hundred thousand dollars per month was a misspoken. And, uh, but if it were that way, that would certainly be a lot more attractive, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I was saying is it provides a pension of several thousand dollars per month per month. And we will, at the end of the podcast today, I'll actually go through an example for you of how this works.
1: All right. Well, we're talking golden handcuffs here. This sounds like a wonderful plan, a great plan. I would love to have this plan, but maybe i'm still looking over the fence i mean
2: what what's the big deal here i know your employers would you like me to speak with them about setting one of these plans up oh yeah that would be great i I, I could do that i hope they're listening to the podcast today hey hey, patrice patrice needs uh patrice (laughs) needs a golden handcuffs plan okay let's talk here so here's how it works at the time the plan is established the employer and the employee enter into an agreement that the assets in the plan are, quote, restricted, so that the employee cannot withdraw those assets for a certain period of time. Now, that may be five years or 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, whatever you need it to be, you get to set that as the employer because you're setting up the plan to make it work. Let's say that restriction might be for 20 years. What that means is Every year, the employee is going to get access to 5% of the plan. So in the first year, he gets 5%. In the second year, he's got 10%. In the third year, he's got 15%. In the fourth year, he's got 20%. Well, now that's beginning to be really significant. So if the employee gets five years down the road and the competitor comes calling, trying to poach them and hire them away, the employee looks up at the account that he's built and he says, gee, if I leave, I'll lose 75% of my pension benefit." So, I better stay put. Mm-hmm. That's the golden handcuff. That's what keeps them staying working for your business. And we see these plans used, let me just say to you, uh, across all spectrums of society. They're really executive design. That's where they were started, is for executives. You know, people are making, let's say, a half million dollars a year. And their employer says, I'll kick in another 100000 to this plan over here on the side in order to try to uh, keep you working for my company. There's one case, a famous case of a, uh, a very well-paid football coach, a college football coach who, you know, what are their contracts? I don't know, $50 million contracts or something. Yeah. But a big portion of his contract is in the form of these golden handcuffs. But I have actually used these plans for business owners who have employees who are making $60,000, $70,000 a year.
1: But that makes them that much more valuable.
2: Exactly. That's exactly right. And that employer realizes that if that sixty dollars or $70,000 key employee who's out there producing the work were to go away, well, then he's going to have to go produce the work himself, and maybe he can or maybe he can't. So he looks at that employee and says, mm, I really want to keep this person around we use these across a broad range of employee and compensation strategies, but let's just take an example. Let's assume you have a highly compensated employee who's 30 years old. This is probably going to be a hot sales guy, could be a management person or something like that. And let's just say in your mind, you looked at that 30-year-old who's certainly making six figures and is doing well, he's profitable for you. And you said, well, I'd be willing to bonus $25,000 a year to keep that person glued into their chair. Now, it could be any amount. You could bonus them $250,000 a year or a half million a year or as little as $10,000 per year. But the first thing that happens when you commit to $25,000 per year is you get a tax deduction that saves you $10,250 in taxes. Hmm. So so notice that you're really only putting in $14,750 because Uncle Sam is putting in the remaining $10,250. Okay. Now, immediately when you complete this account, it's self-completing. So for this 30-year old employee, if he died, there's going to be a minimum of a million dollars in that account for his family tax-free and up to $2 million, depending on what age he died at while he was still your employee. If he got sick and went into long-term care, for example, let's say at age 75, this plan would pay $143,000 per year out tax-free. To pay for his long-term care. But the part that I like best is that at age 70, this employee is going to have a tax-free pension of $95,000 a year. Well, $95,000 a year, when added to whatever he saved in his 401k, whatever social security he's got coming, it begins to become a pretty nice retirement. And it's certainly a significant incentive for him to stay put.
1: And the actual cost to the employer...
2: The employer, on an after-tax basis, wound up paying $1,800 a month.
1: And this is to retain an employee who, as you say, if they leave, the boss may not know how to do the job, and you'd have to train somebody up, and you'd lose six months of ramp-up time just to even come close to what this employee had been doing.
2: Yeah, so the six-month ramp-up time alone in the job search cost is going to be more than that $1,800 a month. So the real question is, if you've got an employee who's making that kind of money, Enough that you'd set up a plan like this for them, that employee is probably worth, oh, I'm guessing two or three hundred thousand dollars a year to you as an employer and in net profit to your pocket. So would you be willing to spend eighteen hundred dollars a month to sort of ensure that two to three hundred thousand dollars a year?
1: No, you're talking that two dollar machine there, you know, put in the one. It's
2: exactly what it is, putting in eighteen hundred, <laughs> getting out two hundred and fifty thousand. Pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the problems with this, I think, is that people hear these kind of things and they they don't believe it because it's, it kind of sounds too good to be true. That is, by the way, the number one thing that I hear in response to the things that I teach people. Sounds too good to be true. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's my job to find things that sound that good. And by the way, there's a lot of stuff being offered out there that at first blush would sound that good that is crap. I mean, it's not <laughs> that good and it doesn't work that way. But we filter all that stuff out, and we only bring the things to the table that are black letter law in the tax code that really work, and that's what we show people. And so let me tell you how this works 20 years from now for this employee. So remember, he's 30 years old. So 20 years from now, he's 50 years old, and he gets an offer to go somewhere else, and he looks at his golden handcuffs, and he says, gee, my account now is worth over $600,000 in cash. If I died, my family would get $1.6 million in death benefit." If I left today, I would lose over $300,000 in cash and my pension would go away. A lot of employers who are trying to poach your employees, they can't compete with that because they would have to write a huge check up front to overcome that. And the employee says, that's why I think I'll stay put. You see, this is how successful business owners retain their key employees. Now, there's another interesting advantage I want to tell you about, though. When you get ready to sell your business, you're the owner, you want to sell it 15 years from now. One of the things that buyers look for is continuity of staff. When you walk away as the owner, are the employees going to walk away? Are they going to stick with you? Well, you can show the buyer, look at this plan that I have on this key employee. He is all but guaranteed to stay with you for at least the first five years that you own the business because he can't afford to walk away. And then the buyer says, well, I have more confidence in the ongoing viability of this business because that employee has a set of golden handcuffs.
1: That's incredible. I didn't think about selling the business.
2: <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people don't. I mean, they have this notion, well, someday I want to retire and move on. Well, how do you do that? Well, I'll sell my business. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, I don't know. I'll work it out when I get right. there. And right. then what happens is they get there and they wake up on Monday and they say, I hate this and I'm old and I'm tired and I don't want to do this anymore. And I want to sell my business by Friday. And I just like a check and want to walk away. Yeah. You can't do it. The best businesses sell after a long process. They are built from the ground up to sell in the very beginning. So it might take five years to get your business tuned up and straightened up in the right way. But one of the things that you might do to tune up and straighten up your business is put in a set of golden handcuffs for those key employees. Let me share with you, if I might, who I think this works best for. Mm -hmm. First of all, the employer has to need and want a tax break. So if you don't need tax breaks, you don't want tax breaks, well, then this probably isn't a valuable strategy for you. Oh, wait a
1: minute. Who doesn't need or want tax breaks?
2: I'm just reporting the news. I'm not <laughs> responsible for the answers. Uh, you know, I just get a lot of bizarre responses. And occasionally I run into people who looks to me like I got plenty of money, but they say, no, I'm not paying any taxes. I'm like, well, they got some revenue agents who will be around to see you after <laughs> a while. <laughs> You've got to be looking for tax breaks. Secondly, you've got to have key employees that if it it, it would hurt you if they left. So if they just call, came in one day and said, hey, I'm going to be resigning, it would not only ruin your day, but ruin your week and maybe your month because it would cripple your business. And you'd have to stop and retool to think about how you go forward. This plan works for those kinds of employers. And they have to have employees who, I would say, are earning a minimum of sixty thousand per year. But that's because you have to put at least ten thousand into a strategy like this to make it work. So you know maybe if you have a sixty thousand dollars year employee, you might be willing to put ten thousand into a strategy to retain them, particularly if Uncle Sam then would give you a tax break for doing it. So you really were only putting in six or seven thousand. If you've got employees making a minimum of 60, this will work. And we see them for employees who are making a million dollars a year. Well, that's a pretty wide range. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the point is there's a baseline where it starts. Yeah. And any employee above that baseline who is so valuable to you that it would hurt you if they left is an employee that you can set up a set of golden handcuffs to keep them in your employment.
1: Barry, again, how can they reach you?
2: Well, they would only want to reach me if they were interested in the kind of work we do. Setting up golden handcuffs is one of the things we do in helping business owners to get tax breaks for their business. If they would like to discuss that, they can reach out to us and schedule a phone appointment. We'll talk to them on the phone. Uh, they'll be talking to me personally. I, I was talking to one lady once, and she seemed surprised when I was the person who was on the phone. Well, this is what I do every day. If I'm not on the, in a podcast, I'm either in a meeting with a client, or I'm on the phone talking to a client, or I'm at my desk preparing to go into a meeting with a client. So we will talk with them. We'll find out all the information that we can to try to help them and see if we're actually going to be able to benefit them because we can't help everyone. And the way you reach us to make that happen is you go to savingyoutaxes.com. Now, if you found this podcast helpful today, I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast. So regular episodes will automatically appear in your podcast feed. And you can subscribe when you go to savingyoutaxes.com. Right there on the first page up in the right-hand corner is a big green button that says subscribe to the podcast. Actually, it says listen to our podcast, I think. You can go there and you can subscribe. And then finally, I hope that you will click share and send this podcast to a friend or a colleague who you think might find it equally helpful. Until the next episode of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, I'm Barry Watts from savingyoutaxes.com, reminding you that if you don't get the taxes right, nothing else matters.
0: Thank you for listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of savingyoutaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing.